0: The following podcast is not affiliated with the developers who have created the games being reviewed. The reviews are solely the opinions of the hosts to be used to make an educated decision on what games to download and play.
1: gamers and welcome to budget arcade a free-to-play gaming podcast to help you navigate through the growing realm of free-to-play games i'm scott i'm jeff and i'm mark and welcome to episode number fifty-nine. so just to recap we play a free-to-play game every other week and then we rate and review it mark what was this week's game
0: uh so this week's game was gwent uh, it is the card game based off of the game that was featured the end game uh what would you call that would you call that a a game in game a game
2: within a game
0: right from the witcher video game series i believe it made its debut in witcher 3 uh, correct me if i'm wrong on that developed by cd project red who uh has done all the previous witcher games and uh, originally came out on october 2018 on pc and then it made its debut on consoles, the PlayStation Four, Xbox One, December of 2018. Last year on iOS and Android of just of March this year.
1: Oh, so it's like an inception of a game,
2: a game within a game that became a game.
0: Oh, right, yeah. It's I just got it.
2: Pretty trippy. It's a game within a game, like Inception, the movie, the film, by Christopher Nolan. Gameplay. Gameplay. Uh, so this is a collectible card game, um, where I'm going to use a lot of comparisons to Hearthstone because that's what people are most familiar with. But this game is not like Hearthstone in just about any way. There are a couple similarities, uh, but at the start of the game, you there's cards. There's cards, and there's a couple things like you have a player character uh, that has abilities uh, similar to Hearthstone. Uh, at the start of the game, you draw ten cards, and then you have the ability to. Redraw two of them.
1: Unless you go first, I believe, then you can redraw three of
2: them. Yeah, and you also, if you go first, you get another card like in Hearthstone, they have the coin, which gives you an extra piece of mana. Uh, this will give you not an extra piece of mana, but a way to buff one of the, your player characters. So the, basically, the point of the game is to end up at the end of a round with the highest score. And you need to win two out of three rounds.
1: Yeah, and unlike Hearthstone, Hearthstone has one area that you can drop uh, cards onto. This game has two areas per player. Um, One is considered the melee section, and the other is the range section. Some cards, depending on which section you put them in, will activate different effects.
2: So it, it bears to be said that this game plays differently... Than Gwent did when it first launched on console, because that's the first time I played it and it plays differently than the game that's in the Witcher. I I remember there being three rows. It's been a long time since I played the original, but there were three rows and and the biggest difference I can see is now there's two rows per side. So the other thing is, like I said, you do have character abilities. You don't spend mana like you would in Hearthstone. They usually have a charge. uh, Like the base character has a charge of two where he buffs the value of a card on the field. So as you play a card, each card has a point tally. And then that goes to your total points on the right side. And essentially at the end of the round, whoever has the highest wins. Now the first round ends when someone passes when both players pass. And so there's a strategy of passing, uh, because how do I want to put it? Basically you get dealt 10 cards to start. And at the beginning of each subsequent round, you draw three. So if you pass, when you have more cards in your hand than your opponent, you're going to have an advantage in the next round. So it's about weighing whether the advantage you're going to get by passing now and losing that round is going to give you what you need to win the next round or the next two rounds if you're passing on the first round. Uh, I found that strategy to work for me. If someone has really gone all in and it's going to take too many cards for me to win that specific round, I'll pass and then win the following rounds because I'll still have the value in my hand.
1: Um, I've had it work in my favor where I had the higher score, and I knew he had something in his hands that he could probably beat me with but it was going to take a few plays by him to be able to do that so i passed early on he ended up playing more cards to get ahead of me and then passed and then he won but the next round i completely dominated him because i had like i think five more cards than him at that time
2: it does the big thing is like i'll get a big like my big big card in my hand and do I want to use it this round or do I want to hold on to it? And for the next round, so there is that strategy. It's a unique game mechanic. I haven't seen really in any other collectible card game, this best of two out of three rounds and this ability to pass rounds. So like, if you lose that first round, you're going to do everything you can to win because there's no way for you to throw that round. Cause then it's game over. So it, it, it adds a lot of strategy to the game.
0: Yeah. I often found myself using, some of my less desirable cards in the first round and just saying, hey, I'm going to throw these at you and, you know, what happens, what happens, and holding my, my tanks, uh, my cards with the, the high points for the, the second and third. Sometimes that, that would play to my advantage. Sometimes it, it didn't work out so well.
1: Yeah, and so there is six different faction decks that you can choose from. Um, Which deck or which faction did you guys end up going with whenever you played during this week?
0: I used the the monster deck. I just I found that was the deck that you were given to start. And, um, you know, I'm not the biggest card card game player. uh, So uh, I found using the monster deck allowed me to get into the game a little bit uh, easier and I didn't, you know, I didn't forlay into building my own deck until I'd already gotten used to using the monster deck.
2: Which one it is is the red deck with the three cards, which I think is customizable. I think it is the monster deck. It's whatever the standard it deck is. is when you start. Yeah,
0: it's the monster deck. Yeah. So
1: yeah, we all all three of us did go with a monster deck. Um, I, and I will talk a little bit more about like with the in-game currency, uh, but I ended up doing a custom monster deck toward a little bit later in the week, um, which is quite interesting. I mean, there's, there is a lot of mechanics on each card that you can use as strategy as well, because there's so many factions and each faction has like specific triggers and things that their cards can do. We're not going to go that in depth with it just because again, we only played this game for two weeks and we didn't get a chance to touch on all those cards. Um, but like I said, there's uh, six different factions. There's neutral cards as well. In total, there's 1,092 cards currently available at the time of us recording this. So this this game is very in-depth when it comes to how many cards and how many different types of strategies you can do. A lot of cards, like um, there's a couple different factions that buff each other's cards. Um, a lot of the monster cards were destroying your own or devouring your own cards to increase the card that ate it as well as like some things that are like considered, I know on Hearthstone there's called a, there's the death rattle and yeah. anytime your card dies, a trigger will happen. And so they call it death a good wish strategy with the monster decks. Yes. Death wish. So in this game, like, you know, if you've got a card on the field with the dish death wish that says like, you know, spawns this uh monster after it dies and you use a card that triggers that death wish but doesn't kill the monster then you've got not only the original death wish monster on the field but you've also got the triggered death wish monster that has spawned from that as well as the card that you just laid down yeah so we should say um, that but there's uh, difference
2: sh- along with the point total that's on the card uh, a lot of cards have abilities that take place when you deploy Or when they die, that death wish that Scott was talking about. And there's also something called dominance, where if you have the highest rated card, it does an additional damage or, you know, something like that. That's part of your strategy of playing. So that's kind of because you can really only play one card per turn. When I first started playing, I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, I'm just adding up these totals. But once you start getting into the strategy of the order in which you play your cards, um, and also you have cards that aren't characters but are actually like, you know, do status effects or attack a row um, uh, along with your monsters and, and heroes and stuff. So, like, one of the other things is it's, it's a little confusing because the game asks you to play in a different way where you're not drawing cards every turn. You're drawing cards... In between rounds. So on your screen, you'll see a draw pile and a discard pile. The discard pile is called the graveyard, um, and that plays into some of the abilities on your cards as well. Uh, So at first, it took me a little bit of getting used to this not playing like a traditional trading card game.
1: No, you're right. This doesn't play like any other card game that I've played previously. It's really about how well your cards synergize Mm -hmm. and being able to either buff your cards or take down your opponent's cards to maintain the highest value across all your
2: cards yeah that i mean that pretty much sums it up
0: i found that once you uh once you got into the customizing of your deck that it really opened up some of the more intricate details of the gameplay uh where Mm it Where it allows you to maybe use a little bit more strategy, or uh, just um, curtail your the, the cards you chose at the beginning, the the ten cards or whatever, uh, based off of how they played off each other. Um, but yeah, I'm the same way. I was, you know, when we first started, I was I was kind of just like, why why am I just throwing this card out there, um, you know? Uh, and then I I struggled to really figure out the range attack uh, or the range cards um, is because there really isn't any, uh, they, they have, they have a, a different point system, I guess for the attack, but I just found that playing a range card didn't really matter. Um,
2: yeah. The only time I saw that it mattered. Well, one thing is, is there are certain attacks that will hit an entire row. So you kind of want to stagger your units because if you have all your units in one row and your opponent, does one of those abilities that smashes the whole row, it's going to be maximum of damage against you. So that's one of the strategies I use. And then some of the cards, their abilities change depending on if they were in the the melee or the ranged row. Uh, So like one card would basically summon... So there's a card that will consume. And when that happens, it basically gains the point total of another card. So I played the card as a one-point card... And then I can consume something from my deck or my opponent's deck based on whether I put them in the melee field or the uh, the second lane. Of the what was it? The ranged field. Like you, largely, I didn't find it to affect the gameplay that much.
1: Well, I know I, I'm not sure which uh, faction it is, but there is cards that will move your opponent's cards to different rows, mm. and if you have. The other card on your field that gains um it like buffs your card whenever one of your opponent's cards moves field positions, and that's another strategy you could take as well yeah but like i said i didn't i didn't get into that deck or that faction like a lot of these factions they really have a lot of very unique. Uh, triggers and stuff that they can use. Like we barely even scratched the surface of this game yeah. through this week. So uh,
2: what did, what did you guys play on? Cause this is on console, but I, I did want to talk about how you played and, and what you played on PC, mobile console.
0: I, I played on mobile
2: and you're on iPhone. Yeah. I, uh,
0: I, the game's beautiful uh, uh, on, on the, uh, the iOS. I don't know about, I didn't play any of the other, the other versions.
1: I played it on the Android and it looks great. Um, it's very, the art's very nice. Um, you can get kind of like a cutscene of the Witcher staring at a castle with his bard in the beginning of the game while it's loading up. Um, even like the, the menus weren't like cumbersome, mm-hmm. like in a lot of games that we've played in the past, which was very nice, even on the, uh, the
2: Android. How about yourself? I Jeff? primarily played on Xbox and I found the same thing. Very appealing to look at. One of the things I really liked about the game is on Xbox, the right trigger would give you more info. And so I could easily tell when it said it would inflict like a certain effect or oh, what's a death wish. I could hit the right trigger and it would tell me exactly what that was. So there wasn't a lot of guesswork. And I found that the game gave me plenty of time on my turn to, as I'm learning the game, research what these things do and make a proper decision. Now, one of the reasons I asked, Yeah, uh, go ahead, Um, real quick.
1: I was going to say, on mobile, all you have to do is uh, hold down on that card and it'll come up with that same information. Yeah,
2: I really, this game has a lot of polish and CD Projekt Red obviously makes the Witcher games. They're making the the Cyberpunk uh, 2099 or whatever it's called that's coming out this next year. I think it got pushed because of COVID, but... Paywall. Before we get into exactly what you can buy, I on Xbox went looking for a way to spend money. Mostly not to spend money, but to see how much it costs. Because obviously, in this game, you're buying decks of cards. Uh, You can also buy cosmetics, but primarily, I would imagine if this is something you like, this game you like, you're going to want to buy cards to build better decks. So, as Scott would say, that makes it. This is a pay to win game. Like if you want to get better, you got to spend money, and any, and in my opinion, anytime you spend money and it affects the in game gameplay, that's a pay to win by definition. But I couldn't find a way to spend money on Xbox, so I'm like, do I need to buy it on the website or link my account or what? So after doing a little bit of research, I found one on the xbox home screen when you boot up the game it says important information about gwent on consoles and uh you get uh i went the, went to the google and it says regard uh gwent will no longer work on consoles after june 9th 2020 but players won't have to quit the game just because of that so uh if you were a gwent player you can they have a website up where you can transfer all your data from xbox onto the gog which is CD project red owns GOG, which is like the biggest alternative to steam. I guess the Epic game store is, but it's an alternative to steam. And so any progress I've made while playing this game for this couple weeks is now going to be moved over to the GOG login. So when I start playing on my phone, I'll be able to pick up where I left off, but I just, uh, Found no wonder I couldn't spend real money is because they didn't want me to waste it on a game that's going to be dead on consoles uh, in about a month.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, when I looked it up, I know this that there was no crossplay whatsoever between all the systems. Yeah, so that's probably why they ended up doing that. Um, well, I
2: think you probably came between ask, PC though, and mobile. I mean, I think if if you played on PC and you're signing into your GOG login. I imagine it's pretty instantaneous between the two devices.
1: Oh, possibly. Um, I do want to ask Jeff, were you able to like use the in-game currency that you earned to purchase card packs?
2: Uh, Yeah. So I had, uh, I don't know what they call it, but the stones, it's like a gray and gold stone. And I had a hundred and some saved up and I was able to purchase, they call them kegs, which is essentially card packs. You get five cards. uh, Four of them are, normal and then you click this middle one and then you select from one of the three cards and that's your more rare card.
1: Yeah. I got one legendary when I was doing that as well. Um, but I didn't end up purchasing anything. So on mobile, they did have the purchase options. You could purchase, uh, just flat out decks. Um, I don't know how many cards that included because I didn't really research too far into that, but they did have like, um, Multiple packs as well that you could purchase. You could purchase um, single kegs uh, with real money, or you could do it with the in-game gold currency
2: Mm -hmm. that they had. So, Scott, how much... So, uh, I don't know what it's called again, but I believe the the real money currency is this pile of green dust.
1: That is actually the... Oh, you know what? The, The dust was used for something else. So, the game currency that you purchase the kegs with... Oh no! Actually, you might be right.
2: Meteorite power powder.
1: Well, so because yes, yes, yes. Sorry, the powder is the one you purchased the kegs with. Uh, it was a hundred per keg that you purchased.
2: Yeah. Well, yes, a hundred per keg. Um, so, like, it's grayed out on Xbox because they don't want you to buy any. But how? Um, how much was it? So, if it's a hundred green stuff for a keg, how much was it to buy a hundred green? Of the meteorite power oh you know let me uh pull it up on my phone give me just a moment uh we should say while scott's looking that up the game how much space does it it's like three gigs or something right like it's a beefy mobile game
0: yeah it, it's it's a it's a large game
2: all right so
1: for 400 is 399 you get 800 for 699 1600 is 1299 3200 is 2099 4800 is 29.99 and 7200 is 3999 uh, what was
2: the lowest tier uh,
1: 399 for 400
2: so one of the things we complain about on this show is companies that do shady things with their currency prices like chess rush where in order to buy what you want you have to spend more money than you need to so for example if this were one of those games, to buy a deck of cards that costs a hundred, of, um, the gold. Well, all right, Scott. Hold on before I move on. So once you bought that green stuff, how much of it do you need to spend? Do you can you directly buy packs, uh, you know, kegs with that green currency? Or do you have to convert it into the gold currency?
1: Uh, actually, you cannot. It's not the uh, green currency. It is the gold currency that you purchase kegs with. Okay, so that's perfect. Um, I'm so trying to see, I'm trying to see what the uh, the gold or the green currency is actually used for. Yeah, because so I don't see it in. While here.
2: you're looking at that, I'll finish my point. Is that if this were one of those games that did shady things, they would say, you know, it's a hundred coins for a, a crate. But you can only buy them in packs of 250 or whatever, so you'll always have to buy more than you need, and you'll always have leftover. I like the pricing scheme that Scott just read out because it is fair. You only need to buy the amount of currency you need to get what you want, as opposed to having a little bit left over or having to buy more than you need to be able to accomplish what you want. So uh, that's really good yeah uh, I honestly I don't see even what that gold the that currency is used for yeah and essentially it's a uh, dollar for a keg that to me isn't that bad uh, that seems pretty well, reasonable
1: so the the kegs are you purchase those with the uh, gold nuggets mm. that they have um, you get one for a hundred or you can purchase like you I mean you can pick how many you want to purchase at a time with the gold in game currency but you can purchase two packs outright for 2.99 7 for 99 uh, sorry 9.99 15 for 19.99 so 40 for 49.99 and than... 60 for 69
2: wait a minute um that's kegs but okay let me back up did you say it was 300 for 3.99 uh you get cuz i thought
1: it was 400 no the dust the dust is 400 dust for 299 but like i said i can't find I mean, where not totally confused the dust is actually used yeah I'm, I'm confused as well i'm trying to figure out where this you actually use the dust you should
2: only have one currency golly but anyway i think it sounds like it's reasonably priced um but i could be wrong not having it in mobile in front of me
1: i would say don't buy the uh, powder at all because i don't see what it's even
2: used for I, it might be a retired currency or something but maybe
0: well, did did either of you all uh, get into the? I think it was called the Journey. Um,
2: no, not at all. I just played online against yes, people. Yes, I did.
0: So, and and I I, I just dabbled in it. And look, you know, started looking around with it. Um, and basically, it's it's you know you every time you you win a battle, you get whatever the the currency is or keys or um, the uh, the meteorite stuff. Uh but so there's this like really weird progression web in the journey aspect of it. And um it it's pretty much you just spend all your stuff in this in this web of of things. Uh you like you spend your your powder on on something and that gives you something else that allows you to progress through the That's, journey.
1: Mm-hmm. That's actually the keys that you use for that. Um, Okay, so the, uh, the dust is actually used to craft cards. So you can buy the dust to purchase cards outright instead of trying to get a specific card through card packs. You can just use the dust to outright do it. So you can purchase the dust just to straight up make like specific cards and that's what that's used for now So
2: i think that's another good mechanic then because if you need a specific card to make a particular type of deck work you don't have to spend a fortune randomly trying to pull it so i think maybe you spend a little more than you would per card um but I find that to be consistent with real life when it comes to collectible card games.
1: And there's a premium pass available as well that you can purchase. They've got, you know, just bigger packs that are specific to the, um, uh, faction that you're wanting to play as. So those are other things that you could purchase within the game. And they're all pretty decently priced. They're honestly, they're priced about the same as a physical card game pack. Yeah
0: replayability
1: all right so I wanted to touch on like what Mark was talking about with the uh, that map more along the lines of the uh, replayability of this game uh-huh. because that map is like so that map has a lot of unlockables as far as like your customization of your avatars and stuff like that you can actually unlock your avatars through there if you wanted to get like specific ones um, but that those maps are like very extensive. Like there's a lot there, just like there's a lot of cards in this game.
0: Yeah, that that gets me into the the it all be it, at at certain times it, the game often became very cluttered to me. There was a lot going on, just about everywhere. E- every icon you click or you you know you put your finger on or or you uh, you know you had your cursor on and and it just to me those aspects of the game completely turned me off to those portions of it um it's just simply because it was very cluttered and hard to 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 navigate around
2: yeah i didn't see that it was that specific to that journey mode because i found generally speaking the ui to be pretty pleasing on xbox
1: yeah that was pretty specific to that right. journey oh, okay mode. there's multiple so there's like a there's a big overworld map type of thing And you can click on icons in there, but there's also tabs on that map to go to other maps as well. And so I think there was, like, I want to say there was, like, four or five other tabs that you could click on. And they would bring you to another map. And then each individual thing that you click on there would bring you to another map. And then, like, from that map, you could, like, purchase... With the keys, different sections of that. Like I when I did it I started in the monster section because that was the deck I was working on. Uh what about you, Mark? Did you venture into any specific section of the map? No, I
0: did not. Uh, I just I focused on just kinda seeing if I could navigate through what was available and then focused on the, the card play aspect.
2: Now, were there specific rewards you could only get by playing this journey mode?
1: Yes. There was so I, I know you guys started when the monster deck. You did you start with that uh, really cool looking night guy as your avatar? Right.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So in the journey section, you could go under the monster decks card section of the journey, and then do those in there. And I spent my keys on a few different things in there, and it's almost like um, it's kind of like how the. Skill tree looks in Path of Exile, Jeff, okay. where you you train one thing and then you can go to the next thing on the in the line of the skill tree and then you can go to the next one once you train that. So it like it has interlinking like almost like the skill tree of that game, where you can't purchase the next thing until you purchase the previous thing. So as I'm transversing through the quote-unquote map slash skill tree of this thing, I'm either getting items that will actually allow me to purchase more of the kegs because it gives you the the gold currency that is used for the kegs, or you can also get, like, avatars and stuff. So I ended up picking up a avatar that I used instead of my starting knight, which this guy was, like, this big hulking-looking dude who had, like, this... uh. Uh, cow skull on his face, and like all these. He looked like a giant treant or something like that, but like more devious looking. But he was really cool looking and like you know, glowing green crap coming off the top of him. And he's really awesome now, looking. But
2: did the player care? Do they have more than one player character, or are these just skins? Because like
1: they have more than one player character, but do they have they, different
2: abilities? Is, you, is kind of more what I
1: okay. So, the abilities are dependent on the deck that you're using. So, if you pick the monster deck, you actually have, I believe, three or four abilities that you can pick from as you make your deck. Okay. Um, but if you, like, so you guys started with the, the regular the deck. deck. I just did standard deck. I'm know, smart Mark, enough to build decks. Okay, Mark said he started to build his own deck. I built my own deck as well. And when you do build your deck, you have to pick that hero power, so to speak, okay. of which one you want to do. So... Yours, when you started, was to increase one of your monsters on the field by... You could do it two times. Uh Um, Whereas the one I picked, I could increase a monster in my hand by, uh, I believe, six points.
2: Oh, that's way better.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. (laughs) But I mean, you know, that that makes one of your monsters a powerhouse, which could easily be taken out by the Witcher character card.
2: So, uh, because this is a collectible card game, in order, like all collectible card games by nature, are highly replayable. You, if it's something you're into, you're going to find a lot to do. Whether it's making decks, playing cards, figuring out new strategies, of course you can go on Reddit and find out the meta and try to build a deck uh, to that level. So there is a ton of replayability here.
0: Well, I think the uh, yeah one aspect of the replayability for me is on mobile is right the. Uh, the game is so large on your phone, the actual uh, space it takes up, that it drains oh. your battery pretty quick. I, I mean, I have an I, iPhone 11, so my phone's not that old, so the, the battery's you know pretty standard it's, um, And I just found that I played it I think I think the longest I played it at in one sitting was about 45 minutes, and it was eaten away at my battery. Um, so I think that, that adds into the replayability in, yeah, I think in, right. in a singular setting.
1: Yeah, I think I only played like one or two games each time I logged on, so I didn't get a whole lot of battery drain from it, at least not that I noticed. But yeah, a lot of these mobile games sometimes are battery hogs, and yeah. it's you know, and especially just a fact of the game. If you
2: don't have a phone with a ton of space or expandable memory, having four gigs on your phone, can be a ton of memory, right? Like if you have a th- like a thirty-two gig or a sixteen gig phone, it's like uh, it's is you can't even use it basically at that point.
1: Yeah, but at least we didn't get any like beefy downloads after the first download I agree. that you had to take care mm-hmm.
2: of. Yeah, uh, it, one download and you're done. You didn't have to keep downloading. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I think there was micro updates here and there throughout the week, but nothing like major. Nothing like you know some of the other games were. Yeah, but it would update it like
2: through huge. Your Google Play client or through the App Store on uh, Apple.
1: Yeah, and yeah. not through the game. There is a couple other modes. I know there's like Arena mode once you reach level ten, which I did not. I think I got to level six was the highest. How about you guys?
2: I don't know my level. Uh, I, I leveled a couple times, but
0: yeah, I didn't get to level ten.
2: Yeah, I certainly didn't get high enough okay. to go to the arena.
1: No, neither did I. But I, there is the arena mode that's available, uh, the regular mode, and I think there's like a practice mode as well as the, um, uh, what was it called, Mark, the one that we were d- oh, talking discussing earlier? Journey
0: mode.
1: Journey, and then a journey mode. And those were the main modes within the game. I don't remember seeing anything else. If I'm wrong, you can at me. <laughs> Judgment. Alright, so at the end of each episode we decide if the game deserves our seal, which is our general thumbs up or thumbs down and needs a two-third vote to be approved. Uh Jeff, what do you say?
2: I really didn't want to play this game this week, but I found myself pleasantly surprised. I really actually enjoyed my time playing the game uh in full transparency at the beginning of us recording. I was still in the middle of a game, so you might hear a couple button presses as I was playing on Xbox. Um, cause I'm still learning the strategy and that's fun for me. I found the game to be that perfect balance of easy to pick up and learn uh, and then tough to master. And so I think I, that this game kind of nailed that. I know that people who played the original version of Gwent don't like the new version of it. So, you know, know that going into it, but I really had fun playing it. Uh, so I definitely Will uh, give it my seal of approval. All right,
1: how about yourself, Mark?
0: Yeah, it's, I think uh, this game is uh, is an oddity for uh, the the time that the world is in right now with the whole quarantine, safe at home um, hashtag. Because this game takes a lot of time. It, it it just takes a lot of time to to get fully immersed into it, uh, get going with it, uh, explore the other avenues of uh, some of the different gameplay modes and all that uh so you really have to dedicate some time to it and to me that takes away from the mobile aspect of this uh of of why i would play a uh, a game like this i I just i wasn't a fan i wasn't a fan of it um it could be because i'm not i'm just typically not a uh video game card video card game player but um I mean, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. CD Projekt Red really um, hit it out of the park with uh, with the development of the game. Um, I just, it wasn't for me.
1: Um, I have been a proponent of card games through the years. Like, I started with Magic. I played Yu Gi Oh! I've played, you know, multiple, like Hearthstone. I played a few different card games online. Uh, I was actually really surprised at how different this game was compared to a lot of others. And the. The strategies of them are really in-depth. I, I do enjoy this game, and this is definitely going to get my seal. Um, whether or not con- I continue to play that is is another thing altogether, just because there's so many other things for me to play. But I did enjoy it, and it is going to get my seal. Um, we did have one lit- listener commentary. Uh, Jeff, you want to read that?
2: Oh, but it's our our patron, uh, uh, Nomic. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, And actually, uh, Scott, myself, and Tony, Coconut Wizard, uh, all got a chance to play some Guild Wars on Chess Rush uh, today. So, be sure to jump on our Discord. We're playing games together and uh, having a lot of fun conversations there. So, when Scott gives you the info at the end of the show, make sure you you join us in Discord. Uh, But Nomix says... Uh, this was to be titled, The Dark Side of Gwentonian Moons, but alas, the game corrected the image I had of it. Gwent is a relatively enjoyable card game that anyone can enjoy, meaning that you don't have to be a fan of the Witcher series. It is strongly a tactical strategic card game where you need to perfect the art of passing, or rather, knowing when to finish trying to win the round to save up your remaining cards. You also need to use all card abilities to their best, such as boosting enemy cards uh, to a high enough power that your single card that your single card that destroys a card above nine value can decimate the enemy. With that being said, there are minor flaws that makes the game difficult to recommend. The game itself is overwhelming. The tutorial teaches you a few basics of the gameplay, but it doesn't teach you what every little term means or does such to thrive. Doom, Spy, Boost, Coin, Bloodthirsty, etc. So in the middle of a game, there's a bit of reading as your opponent throws out things you've yet to encounter. Also, you start with some basic decks that everyone starts with, and the only way to get new ones, through Powder cakes which you can pay cash for or use keys granted through achievements that allow you to unlock resource trees. This isn't really explained thoroughly by the game unless I missed it. I so want to unlock a Syndicate deck, but it takes three to four power kegs to do so, which will use about half my resources unlocked by those keys. I'm not sure I'll like that deck after doing so. There's no way to demo it, sadly. The basic decks they give you are nice, but everyone starts with the same deck, so you can play someone with identical cards to you because they go first. They have tactical advantage, which should give them the first round win. It's frustrating, and after a while, you'll customize your decks more, but it almost put me off. Plus, the game feels slow-paced. It's a good game, just depends on the time you want to put into it. All right, thanks, Nomek. We always have the most verbose listeners.
1: Oh, and, you know, we didn't even touch on it in the beginning. So, I know uh, Jeff and Elliot had said it in their last... Uh, re- where they oh, recommend yeah. Games, I wondered
2: about that, Scott. Elliot
1: is no longer in this side of the podcast. Uh, he decided that he uh, no longer wanted to play, what was it, the quote-unquote crappy game? Yeah, anymore he, and he didn't them.
2: want to spend... Now, he said something much more politically correct on... This show, the episode he and I did, uh, Jeff and Elliot recommend, but the, ba- the really, what it really comes down to is he got tired of playing the garbage games that Scott was giving us each week and the amount of times of us just like, no, no, Scott, stop it, Scott. Uh, so he had to find, uh, you know, someone who didn't know what they were in for. And that would be Mark <laughs>
0: <laughs> jokes on me.
2: Yeah, so if you thought yep. Gwent was bad Oh, just wait <laughs> huh. Just wait You, I, Your spot, yeah, you're now the third person You know, the, that third seat on the podcast Is kind of like Doctor Who And you regenerate <laughs> ever so often And you're the latest generation So let's see how long until some Daleks kill you or something
1: What <laughs> Maybe it'll be next week's game that does it to him. Yeah, I imagine it doesn't take much. We are going to be playing Town of Salem: The Coven.
2: What the heck is that?
1: Probably a crappy game. What is it on? Find out. It's on mobile. Actually, mobile and PC.
2: Town of Salem. Let me pull this up. This is gonna be awful. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. (laughs) Prepare your body.
0: (laughs) Well, um, I'm the David Tennant of Doctor Who's over here, so it's all good.
2: Actually. Well, if we're going by the new one, you would be the Matt Smith. is your oh, third.
0: True. True. I'm just fond of David Tennant, the actor. So.
2: <laughs> Everyone is. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Budget Arcade. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Budget Arcade. You can also check out our website, www.budgetarcade.com.
1: We want to thank you for joining us. Uh, want to help support the show? You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on multiple platforms. You can leave us a kind review wherever you listen. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash budget arcade. Or you can purchase one of our t-shirts or other apparel at hotkeygaming.com budget hyphen arcade. And don't forget, you can use promo code BISCUITS to get 10% off of that order. Throwback. If you can't support us financially, be sure to tell a friend about the show. The more people who listen, the better. You can send any uh, mail to hate show mail. at budgetarcade.com. Hate mail, yes. Or or nice mail, whichever you prefer. Nobody seems to be sending we, us hate mail, so I figured we'll we get whatever mail. We don't get nice whatever mail. Whatever mail. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, you can join our Discord from our show notes as well as our website or also uh, on our Twitter. Uh, music is provided by Stimage, and you can download his music at metroidmetal.com. Game on. Mm.